0: Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Motley Fool Answers. Find the right people for your business this year at linkedin.com slash fool and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. This is Motley Fool Answers and it's the fourth or maybe fifth annual Luffy Awards. I forgot to check before the show, <laughs> but it's celebrating the best and worst in money, investing in personal finance. This year we're featuring the stock analysis of Seth Jason and Jason Moser and special musical guest Hannah Southwick. All that and more on this week's episode of Molly Full Answers. So, yes, bro, it's maybe the 4th or maybe the 5th. I don't know. What do you think it is? The 4th,
1: maybe? Something like Annual
0: that. Annual Luffy Awards. Um, it's something that, had we known we'd been doing every year, we probably would have been <laughs> a bit more deliberate about it in the first place. But here we are with Seth Jason and Jason Moser. Thanks, you guys, for coming in!
2: Hey! Happy to be here!
0: So, this year we're focusing on the best and worst in business and investing. In previous years, we've done like best credit card, best stuff like that. But this year, we're going to take more of an investing and economic bent. And so, with the help, you guys are going to be doling out awards for best. Wait, what now? Moment of the year, comeback kid, and best number, which I'm very excited about. <laughs>
2: Can I ask real quick, what does Luffy mean?
0: I was going. I explained that, it. I it explained
1: that it I in the year. shower this morning. And I you. explained it last year, so Allison, you have to do it. I this have year. to explain
0: it this year. Okay, so in the early days of the show, we had sort of a running joke about the villages in Florida, which is this uh, retirement oh, community yeah. that is known for having a good time. <laughs> it is also has like the highest um, increasing rate of STDs in the nation because, you know. like I said, they know how to have a good time. And so, the rumor we heard from some article was that when you live in the villages, you tie a loofah or a bath scrubby to the antenna of your golf cart, and that indicates what you are up for as far as special hugs go. All right.
2: In an and open so, sort of way. Well, I wasn't that far off, then it really is like that thing I used in the shower this yes. morning. I mean,
0: it is, but it's just not used how you use it.
2: Well, <laughs> as far as we know. I mean, you
0: don't uh, use it to communicate your, <laughs> your interests. No,
2: I'm, I'm using it to clean myself. There that you go. Sounds like so. the, this sounds going the other way with the way these people are
0: using yeah, it. Yeah, yes. To get dirty.
2: <laughs> is <really what> the <laughs> L- oh, so it's really, it fun. does.
0: So also, someone t- um, pointed out, and this was just by coincidence, that loof. Is fool backwards. So is, if we ever want to like get clean over this, literally, haha, no pun intended. <laughs> we could say, oh, it's just fool back backwards with IES on Luffy's so, whatever. Sure. I like that. That's sure. actually really good. Again, had we known that we would be doing this every year, we would have been much more deliberate well, and you made have, better decisions. You have to assume that
2: every year your listener base is essentially going to double. Which means then you have to explain it to everyone. So yes. we should make sure to keep this explanation and just maybe you could evergreen it, you know, and just play it every year. Every year, <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's, just, why not? let's
0: go back in time to that time when Allison explained the Luffy Awards because she's tired of explaining. Throw in it. that
2: Brady Bunch dream music and
0: everybody just kind of yeah. Yeah. So I guess we need to like cue some big music. Do we have some big music that we can cue? It's bro, bro. is the big music. First up is Jason Moser presenting the award for Shana Nana Nana Nana, Hey Hey Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes, it's our award honoring CEOs that we are happy to say goodbye to. Is that is that what we're gonna call it? I mean,
2: honoring? Question mark. Probably the best way to 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 look at it. I guess Ron Burgundy sort of question mark. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So this is an award, but it's really not for good things. because When you look at the four nominees, I don't think any of the four really uh, make you want to smile. We hope that they don't end up in executive positions elsewhere. Uh, But the nominees are, uh, with Wynn Resorts, CEO Steve Wynn, who stepped down in February of 2018 based on multiple reports of sexual assault.
0: Oh, goodness!
2: The next nominee.
0: How did I miss that headline?
2: I don't know. It was a while back, but there were so many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the yes. worst part it got, about it is he is it doesn't stand out in the crowd. Wait till you hear the rest of these. Oh boy! Nominee number no. two with CBS, Les Moonves, sounds like a perv, really. So this is a good riddance. He too stepped down in September of 2018 for similar issues. Uh, number no. three. Papa John's John Schnatter. He actually stepped down officially as CEO January 1st of this year. And that was based on some racist remarks that were made, uh, some questions really about sort of his stance on social issues that perhaps weren't necessarily in line with the values the company was trying to communicate. Uh, so, probably enough reasons for him to be stepping down. Uh, and then nominee number no. four with Athena Health. Jonathan Bush, and this one, I tell you, he has a history of assault on women. His wife, there was inappropriate behavior in the workplace. He stepped down as of June 2018. So, when you look at these four together, it's almost amazing that they were ever in positions of executive and power to so begin with. And for so long! Yeah, yeah it's not like so they were long. there for just a couple of years. These folks were in there for quite some time.
0: Yeah, and this—I mean, this obviously speaks to the whole Me Too movement that was such a major part of 2018. That all of these CEOs, this is what it took to bring them down, except for the Papa John's guy. Obviously, yeah. he was racist remarks.
2: And, and I mean, like, let's be clear, right? I mean, we we like to take a look at the lighter side of things here at the Motley Fool, and this is all a little bit tongue in cheek. But it is not at all to, to make light of why these gentlemen. Are no longer in in the positions they held. I mean, they did bad things. Right. This is not up for debate. We certainly don't condone it. Uh, we don't laugh about what they did. Uh, we can certainly smile at the fact that they're not there anymore.
0: Don't yeah. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Exactly. Or maybe do.
2: And with Real that in hard. mind, let's let's present our winner uh, with the "Don't Let the Door Hit You on the Way Out" award. I'm going with CBS Les Moonves. Going with less. Yep. I feel like this was a guy who really, really abused his position of power for a very long time. Uh, and It's just really good to see him gone. I know that he is uh, trying to at least go to arbitration in regard to his compensation, uh, but it seems like the board went through a pretty Hefty investigation to be able to go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to decline that 120 million dollar severance package, and you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I, it's good to see all four of these folks out of the way, but but really, I think Les Moonves is the winner here.
0: Yeah, when we talked about doing this category, I didn't really think to. I kind of left it up to you guys to. Like oh, figure out your categories. Figure out what you want to talk about, and I I didn't really circle. It's been a crazy day, so I didn't circle back. But now I'm like oh, ah, these are some really. Normally you would think this category people would get ousted because they did they performed poorly in their capacity as a CEO. Well, I think right, most that's what the, I was kind of expecting, but no, no, they were all just really reprehensible, horrible human beings. <laughs> well, right. And
2: that most of the time we're talking about CEOs who just aren't good at their job. I mean, yeah. there's a big difference between just not being good at your job and then being actually a bad a human being. Society. It sounds like all yeah. four of these guys are really actually bad people. And you just don't like to see bad people in positions of power anywhere.
0: Right. Right. All right. Let's move on to another category. And joining us now. To deliver the award for best CEO. Wait, what now? Moment of the year, <laughs> Seth Jason.
3: I had a three letter acronym for the second part of that award. Oh, yeah? It starts with a W. Is there a T involved? There's a T <laughs> in the And then some other letter. <laughs>
0: that I works. saw friends Whiskey, of mine used to Whiskey, say Whiskey Tango t- Foxtrot yeah. Award of the Year. <laughs> what the yeah.
3: TF, as friends of mine used to say when they were drunk. So, the first nominee in this category, I've got Carlos Ghosn. I had to look up how to pronounce that online. Automaker, automaster Carlos Ghosn, who, of course, was CEO of Renault and Nissan. They've got one of those awesome Europe-slash-Japanese cross-holdings. Well, they did have all that going on. They still do. They They shared the CEO. And then the Japanese arrested him and said... You didn't report $80 million worth of compensation, and that's Oop, a no no.
0: Oops. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to misplace <laughs> yeah. that. Haven't we all been there? Here,
1: there.
3: <laughs> yeah, and subsequent probes alleged he'd used company money to pay for his wedding at Versailles. And then there was another allegation. <laughs> his
1: wedding at Versailles? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Another wow. allegation
3: that he paid for a birthday party. Technically, it was, it was a, a Renault anniversary celebration, it just happened to be at his birthday party, and the guest list just happened to be his friends. Let's. <laughs> Still, he, he says this is all a plot and it's a scheme. I mean, this is like the emperor, the imperial families in Rome trying to stab and figure out who's going to be the next emperor. And, you know, with an extra $80 million to hide from the authorities. Who really wouldn't want to be in there? So that is a crazy situation. Still in jail in Japan because they can just keep charging you and keep you in jail for a long time. So uh, Wow. Unless nice. he got out, yeah. He's my number one.
0: Nominee. Uh, nominee. Next nominee.
3: Number two, Howard Schultz. Aww, if you listen to us... I just
0: feel bad about it. <laughs> I know.
3: Listeners to this podcast will realize he's the uh, former founder, well, one of the, not technically the founder, early, early leader at, at Starbucks, right? No longer in charge. Running for president. Convinced everyone knows who he is, but it's really only people like us. So, despite low name recognition... Obviously, a billionaire has got to believe he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's convinced he can win votes from this large majority of Americans who are lean left on social issues and right on economic issues. Mm-hmm. Crazy thing really aren't any such people in an electorate. <laughs> Not enough. Very low percentage, tend to vote for a Republican or Democrat anyway.
0: Oh, it so, was just like, when he announced, it was just like a trombone going, wah, wah. wah.
3: You feel so bad. You, you know what? Sort Enjoy of. your billions. Go on a vacation, will you? Just oh, right. That's true. And then I
0: feel less bad when I think of all the money. He can just go home and, and cry into his yeah. money. And,
3: and should. And then Jeff Bezos. The jokes write themselves. I can't uh, even probably repeat why? the what amazing headline. What are you talking about? Headline. The New York Post had, yeah. Uh, when of course he, uh, Bezos uh, was having an affair, and uh, National Enquirer's uh, parent company got a hold of the the news and got a hold of more than that, including uh, below the belt selfies, as they put them. And uh, so he got out ahead of it, announced the divorce from his wife, right, and then announced that the National Enquirer's parent company, uh, was trying to blackmail him, he alleges. Now, if you read the emails they said it sure looks a lot like a shakedown, but we're not legal minds. Um, <laughs> but the question, of course, if you have for Jeff Bezos is, why are you taking pictures of your junk and why are you doing it with your phone? Can I no one learn anything?
0: Does, why? Why do any of you fine men do it? I don't know. These are, I gave it up for months. I'm sure none of the men in within ten yards of me at this moment have ever done this, taken a picture and sent it to a lady. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just not young I, and with it. But I just don't. I don't want that. I've been I in a men's locker those.
3: room. It would never occur to me that that would be a good way to get a lady's attention.
0: Yeah.
3: That yeah. seems like it would be yeah. the opposite, but you know, I never had any dates either.
0: <laughs> I mean, there, there we go. So. Uh, yeah, and maybe I sh- should feel bad that I've never actually received one myself.
1: <laughs> no,
3: okay,
2: so. I'll tell. I'll tell Ron the next
3: time you. I see him. <laughs> Ron, listen to this. Segment. He knows
1: better. Hey, your he wife does. dropped a hint. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's Pat. Maybe, maybe next Valentine's Day. That's yeah, right. the winner this year, of course. Uh, so far as we know, hasn't sent any junk pictures around, but he's done other amazing things. And for me, it has to be Elon, the wild child Musk. Who else can get away with his mixture of hubris, misinformation, misdeeds, and still remain the head of a wildly popular company? Yeah. So you remember, he spent much of the year saying, short sellers are bad. They claim we're going to have a cash flow crunch. That's not true. I'm going to get back at them. And then he announced that he had a buyout offer. Which was completely made up. It was bogus. It was yes. He got nailed by the SEC for well, that. Well,
0: this was the if the stock price goes to four twenty, right? And yeah, everyone I, on Twitter was like, "Did he just make a weed joke, or is he this serious?" Did. And it was. You'd think the man just discovered weed. Yeah. Like those are the kind of jokes you expect from like a fourteen year old kid. <laughs> so
3: yeah. So it was a slam dunk for the SEC. Then you know they they got him some some supposed parental you know guidance by bringing in a couple of new board members, but. You know, after they had their cash flow quarter a couple of quarters ago, he came out and said, Oh yeah, we were just about dead. We were almost out of cash. So you just admitted you lied. Then you have the 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 boys and that Thai soccer team stuck in that cave, and he goes over there and brings them this contraption, this long aluminum tube and says, I'm gonna you can use this to get them out of the cave, and they're like, Yeah, thanks. I think we've got it. <laughs> And then one of the people who'd explored that cave, who was was responsible for, for them figuring out where the boys might be, wasn't on the scene rescuing them, but said, listen, here's where they probably are. He said, you know, we didn't really want that over there. And Elon Musk got so mad, called him a pedophile on Twitter. Like, who gets away with this stuff? I know. Only Elon Musk. And now <laughs> cutting the price on the model three. Uh, because you have to because it's been sort of a rich person's car and so now the cash flow worries are starting again for analysts stocks still riding high there's no ceo who who is going to give us so many what-the-TF moments Is Elon Musk, and that's why he's the winner this year and probably next year. Congratulations! Congratulations, Elon. So you're
0: you're coming down pretty hard on Elon Musk, and Uh this company has a history of really loving Tesla and having a bit of a boy crush on on Elon Musk. So how popular are you in the analyst pod? You know what?
3: what? (laughs) Most people over there are not that high on Elon Musk. We find that behavior to be pretty reprehensible. I won't speak for everybody, Mm. but a lot of people over there are really down. On this, and saying we wouldn't accept this kind of bad behavior from any other CEO. Why do we let this guy get away with it? Mm. He gets a free pass from Motley Fool, and uh, in a lot of ways, and I think that does not reflect well on us. If I may be serious for a moment, be serious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's fine. We can be serious. It's
1: kind of why we invited you on the podcast, to be quite honest. (laughs) (laughs) Now, You know,
3: I probably won't get a raise for 10 years.
0: (laughs) That was maybe a career limiting move, but you know... Worth it. Speak truth to the king. The
3: CEO of our company actually was needling me about being down on Elon Musk just last week.
0: We're a motley group. We're
3: we're we're
1: allowed to have our
0: own opinions. Wait, was he he like, oh, you you, you really hate him,
2: don't you? No, no, no. He said, you really
3: don't want a job, do you? (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't like that, but yeah, he was, uh, you know, I, I said, I really hope everything Elon wants to happen for humanity does happen. But it sounds to me like the person who described him saying like he cares about humanity, but not so much individual people. Unfortunately, that just looks completely true from the behavior. And it's a bummer because I would love for everything he wants to happen to come true. I would also just love it if... a a person who wasn't a jerk was making it happen.
0: That's a great line: caring about humanity, but not individual people. That how ha- like how many companies do you see? Like Theranos, obviously, immediately comes to mind because all they cared about was that they were going to change the world and humanity, but they didn't actually care about the individuals that they were treating. Well, they were right? They
3: were making. They were pretending they had you know technology they didn't have. But, right,
0: yeah. but it's a, that's a that's a really great quote: caring about humanity, yeah. but not individuals. I can, think,
3: yeah. I can think of other people now that I think about. right. Not naming any names, but yeah, yeah. you know, Maybe. wait sitting at this table. Do
0: we work with them? No, 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 no. like you're talking this dish.
1: No, 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 no.
3: So anyway, one of these days you'll have to get Tom and me in here and we'll have an Elon Musk throwdown. <laughs> Two old bald guys arguing about <laughs> Elon Musk. What? not that, that's great video. <laughs>
0: Arm if wrestling. Two, if two old bald guys in the studio argue about Elon Musk and the mics aren't on, did it ever really happen to begin with? Tom, did the conversation ever really? Tom,
3: happen? if you're listening, I challenge you. I challenge there you to go. to a joust or an arm wrestle. Leg wrestling be better. Okay. I think. Okay. And then because
0: <laughs> you're like, you like have a foot on top. Is I'm a that lot why? taller. I
3: should have the leverage. But he's stockier. He's got the power. He's in he, good shape. Didn't he used to wrestle too?
0: I wouldn't be surprised he if he wrestled played, a He little. definitely played football. Played yeah. football. Yeah. 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 And next up, we have Robert Brokamp presenting the best number of 2018.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so financial planning is a numbers game, right? But it's not just about accumulating enough. Accumulating enough dollars to achieve your financial goal, right? There are other figures, there's important ratios, percentages, formulas that will determine your ultimate financial success. But which is the best one? Well, here are the nominees. So, nominee number one, somewhere between 740 and 760. And that is <laughs> basically what qualifies as a very good credit score. So, depending on your source, they'll say it's 740, others will say 760. But your credit score will determine a lot. About your finances, starting of course with your debt, right? So there's a fun little calculator, fun in quotes, of course, on myfico.com <laughs> that shows that if you have like excellent, good, to, very good, to excellent credit, so that's 760 or above, you get a 30-year mortgage. You're going to pay about 4%. If your credit score is 660, which is fair to good, you're going to pay about 4.4% for that you translate that into a $300,000 mortgage, which is the average size of a new mortgage these days, you're talking about around $1,300 more a year and $13,000 over 10 years. So That's a big difference. But it also affects your insurance rates. Employers will look at it. Uh, People with better credit scores make better mates. Lots of reasons why it's good to have a better credit score. So, our second nominee for the best number is 20-30-50.
0: Such a good number. Such
1: a good number. So this, is, to, a, this uh, is
0: where we need to like hold for applause <laughs> and then the camera cuts in on that number sitting in the audience. We're like, oh, <laughs> <wow>. oh. <laughs> so honor, it's an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: 203050 is a somewhat known, but I think underappreciated budgeting guideline. Mm-hmm. It's twenty percent for your savings. So that could be retirement, emergency fund, college, maybe paying off debt. Thirty is the most you should spend on housing. So that's mortgage, it's but also utilities and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Rick and I
2: are like, that? <laughs>
1: and that 50% is the rest, but of course it means limiting the rest to 50% because if you go over that, then you're going into credit card debt. So um, I should point out that there is, of course, a similar but alternative one, the 50-30-20 rule, which was proposed by Senator Elizabeth Warren in a book that she co-wrote with her daughter in 2005. And that is, 50% should go to your needs. to your wants, 20% to saving. Hmm. I think that's helpful too. Both of them have that good 20% of savings, but I like the the 20, 30, 50 rule because it does have that explicit 30% for housing, which for most people is the number one item on their budget. The third nominee for best number of the year is 2000. Mm. And that is the number you can use to estimate your hourly pay if you're a salaried worker or to figure out your annual income if you are an hourly worker. So let's take that former case. Let's say you're a salaried employee. You divide your salary by 2000 and you get your hourly pay. So if you're getting paid $50,000 a year, you divide by $2,000, you're making $25 an hour. Hmm. So why is that useful? Well, I think it's just, first of all, kind of interesting. <laughs> but second of all, it helps you translate purchases, potential purchases into the, t- the amount of time it took for you to earn that money and to figure out whether it's worth it. So if you make $75,000 a year, that's $37.50 an hour. If you go into the store you're considering buying something that's $75, you think, was that worth two hours of my work to buy this? In some cases it is, but in some cases it isn't. Um, So I think that's why that's helpful. Um, alternatively, by the way, if you are an hourly worker, you multiply that by $2,000 and you'll get roughly your annual income. And number 4, our fourth and final nominee for the best number, it is $95,600. That, according to Fidelity, as of the end of 2018, is the average 401k balance. Mm. It is down from the previous year, which was uh, 104300 so it dropped about 8%. Interestingly, the average IRA balance is about the same amount and dropped the same amount. So, the average IRA balance is around $95,000, why did they?
0: Why do they think that is?
1: I don't know. And it, and the number of people who are 401 k or IRA millionaires is almost nearly identical. It's down to about $130,000. It dropped over the past year. I don't know why that is, but they're very similar.
2: Hmm. So, I feel like I've read a lot of articles over the past year that discussed um Particularly, folks in the millennial generation who were withdrawing money from retirement savings in order to pay for experiences, things that they felt like were more more important. They wanted to, you know, to be able to to fund experiences, trips, whatever it may be. And, and it was in connection with those retirement balances Ugh, being down, which that's obviously that's a bad idea for a number of reasons. Not yeah. to mention I mean, you're going to pay penalties and taxes on that, but. Yeah, I mean that's a standing rule with IRAs and four hundred one k's. You just don't touch them. I mean they're they're there for you for when you turn like sixty. Right. Well, interestingly,
1: another stat from the Fidelity report was that about twenty percent of people have out four hundred one k loans, and that's the lowest amount since two thousand nine. So that's supposed to be a good number. Yet still, one in five people have outstanding four hundred one k loans. Now, sometimes we've talked about on the show that's fine as a temporary bridge loan in some situations. But that one in five people have a loan out on their 401k, and that's a good number, that to me that's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. One in five people here today have a loan out on their 401k. <laughs> yeah, at least. Well, there one we five. go. I have faith in you though. I know you're We just pay, we
0: just paid ours off. We and I know that you will pay yours off too.
1: Yes. So those are the nominees. What is the number for this year's or what is the winner for this year's best number? It is, in my opinion, 20, 30, 50. Because ah. hey. basically, if everyone <laughs> followed that, I'm sure you're all very excited for 20, 30,
0: 50. This is so good. I mean, really, it's due. <laughs> I was really pumped so... for
2: credit score, but I'm a little bit partial. Yeah, it's okay.
1: <laughs> so basically, if every person followed that rule from the point they started their adulthood, just about everyone would be in solid financial shape, right? If you're saving 20%, that hits that goal of most studies show that you should be saving about fifteen percent of your income if you want to retire on time. And that includes, by the way, your your match. But if you're saving fifteen percent for retirement, maybe and then you have your building up your emergency fund, saving for college, you're going to be in pretty good shape. That thirty percent rule, I think it helps people in terms of making sure that they don't buy more house than they should have. And then the 50% saying, like, once you take care of those first two, you can pretty much do whatever you want with that 50%. Just keep it to under to that 50% and don't spend more than that. So, congratulations, 30, 50
0: yes. <laughs> Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Motley Fool Answers. Making that perfect hire can help set your team up for success in the new year. But where do you find that person? That's why, when it comes to posting your job, go where you have access to an engaged community that people visit every day, LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members aren't checking job boards regularly, but 9 out of 10 LinkedIn members are open to and interested in new opportunities like yours. With most of the U.S. workforce on LinkedIn, posting on LinkedIn is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people. It's no wonder a new hire is made every eight seconds using LinkedIn. Find the right people for your business this year at LinkedIn.com/fool and get fifty dollars off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com/fool. Terms and conditions apply. All right, in our next category presenting the award for, are we calling it trend to cash in on in 2018? Or what was your favorite, best in trends? Or
2: I think that sounds like a good one. Trend of the year, favorite trend to cash in on. Anyone, any, anyone, anyone really works.
0: All <laughs> right. Again, playing fast and loose. Sure, the you know, let's get creative. <laughs> All mean, right. So, what are we looking at here? Who are what, the nominees? I
2: mean, we we certainly, over the course of the entire year, saw a lot of new opportunities, a lot of new markets forming, and there were a lot of headlines written about these uh, markets. So, the uh, first nominee here is the move to legalize marijuana, the weed market, as mm-hmm. as we uh, like, to, like to call it here. Uh, a lot of opportunities there, for sure. Uh, still going through a lot of red tape here, domestically speaking. Of course, the the uh, legislative environment is a little bit more clear in Canada. Uh, domestically here, it's still kind of getting worked out, uh, but nevertheless, plenty of opportunities, and, and we even have uh, a couple of services that are centered around that opportunity. Uh, trend number two, nominee number two, gambling. Right, we've seen a lot of uh, talk about legalized gambling here in the United States, and that is something that is now becoming. More and more, uh, an opportunity for investors to cash in on as more states legalize gambling and it becomes really uh, something on the up and up, as opposed to uh, you know a couple of shady episodes of The Sopranos or something else. Uh, nominee number no. three, cryptocurrency. I think we were going to just say Bitcoin, but really, let's talk about crypto in general. I mean, again, this is something Massive that took the market by storm. Uh, a lot of questions still left to be answered there. I think if you think about crypto. Generally speaking, it's tough to buy into just that big picture crypto world Bitcoin. At least, you know, there's a little bit more of a leading position there in crypto. But, but nevertheless, I think cryptocurrency is here to stay for better or for worse. Really? It's just a matter of how it all shakes out, uh, and, and and sort of figuring out the frauds from the real players uh, in the space. Uh, but we're gonna go with number nom- uh, nom- nominee number four here, Allison, because all of these spaces have one thing in common. Okay one thing in common. Well, two things, really. One, they're all still fairly high-risk spaces, right? Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure investors know that. Uh, But number 2, they all involve money. Money makes them work. You either have to use money to buy the stuff, you're using money to bet stuff, you're converting your cash into crypto, any which way you put it, money is involved. Converting
0: your cash into marijuana. (laughs) There you go.
2: They all have money in common. And as your listeners are so familiar with Because I've told them before, how do you invest in this money move, this move to electronic payments and money moving around the world? You invest in the war on cash basket. And so, that is my winner this year, the move towards electronic payments. How money is moving around the world and the war on cash basket. And to refresh everybody's memory, that war on cash basket is equal holdings in MasterCard, Visa, PayPal, and Square. Uh, Just to give you an idea of how that war on cash basket performed for 2018, for the full year, the basket returned 29.1% versus the market's loss of 6.3%. So a good showing. Uh, Certainly, a bit more certainty there in understanding that money is going to be moving around the world regardless of these markets. Uh, And to me, it's the most obvious and lucrative trend for investors to cash in on for many, many years to come.
0: For a sheer entertainment factor, though, what was your favorite trend of
1: 2018?
2: (laughs) I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I don't think marijuana should be totally legal. I am in full support of the legalization of marijuana, medical and otherwise. So, for me, it's good to see Canada getting their legislative act in order. And I think, I mean, with the U.S., it's only a matter of time now. You can't really put that toothpaste back in the tube. There are just, there are just too many reasons to uh, legalize it. And, and I think that the arguments against it are a bit old school and a bit uneducated.
0: All right, let's move on to the next category for the Comeback Kid of the Year. Seth Jason, take it away.
3: You know, I it this one was so obvious, I'm going to leave the winner for last. But it was so obvious, I almost had trouble coming up with other nominees. And so I did one of these screens you can do on give me stocks that in the past 12 months have come up you know, at least 50% from their 52-week low. And there are hundreds of them, which wow. means, boy, we're all missing out by not being able to predict the future. Ah. But in terms of companies everyone will know and recognize, well, my first nominee is uh, our friend's Lululemon. Yeah, everyone no, knows yeah. them and loves them, right? They survived that kind of Yoga pants gate was was a little while ago but there was still a bit of a drag and then they had a CEO departure a little more recently and nobody really knew why the CEO had to leave. It sounded like it might have been a handsy grabby situation or an office uh, an illicit uh, relationship. They just didn't say we don't know. But Lululemon went on to just continue doing really well. They were selling a lot of their high-priced stuff. They moved into to areas seriously like a hundred-dollar bra. They bragged about on their their calls. I had to go to the store and check out the hundred-dollar bra, which was really <laughs> uncomfortable because <I> <laughs> the salespeople kept wanting to help me, and I'm standing there, you know, kind of feeling the material going, and the hundred-dollar bra. But uh, as an so you're investor, like, no, no, I'm,
0: I'm fine. I'm Can we fine. help you, sir? No, I just want to know what a hundred dollar bra feels. Like <laughs>
3: yeah, that's kind of, me. that's kind of what I said. Trust
0: me, I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here in a professional capacity.
3: <laughs> She's like, that's a really large size for you, sir. <laughs> it's, it was a little awkward, and I did not have my wife along with me for cover that day. Uh, but Lululemon just continues to make more money selling their their product at a high price, and the stock price is adjusted up almost 100% from their 52-week low, right? Or how about Crocs? This one <laughs> 130% from their low this year. Don't they seem what is Crocs? What? Are they 14 years ago? How I many mean, years ago are Crocs?
0: I don't. I think they're very. Uh, they're always going to be popular with toddlers. But I don't like. I haven't seen a pair of Crocs out in the wild in. Oh, wait, right now? No, I'm not
3: wearing them here, but that's all I wear at home because I'm old and I like my feet comfy. They're the ugliest (laughs) things I've ever seen in my life. I'm so embarrassed every time I put them on.
0: (laughs) Shame. Shoes of shame. Shame. But apparently not. The stock is doing
3: well. The stock is doing well this year. It's a four and a half bagger from like 2017. It's not even selling so, so much more stuff. You look at the revenue line, it's not really up that much from 2017, but margins are way up. So they're doing a lot better job with something. I need to dig in and look at the numbers. The, the valuation, the price to earnings multiples, kind of nosebleed territory. But there's something going on here, and I'm going to take a look and see if 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 there isn't still opportunity here. If they're selling, you know, uh, you know, uh, still lots of lots of Crocs at better and better margins, that might still be a decent investment story. But uh, it's tough.
0: Rick's face. Rick. Rick has the skeptical face.
3: Are, are the are Crocs? Is that
2: long enough time ago now that they're worn ironically?
3: Well, you know, they do more than just the, the ugly garden clog. They do a bunch of other kinds of shoes, including some that sort of look like sneakers made out of the same stuff. And some of them mm. you wouldn't be horribly embarrassed to go out in, and they are really comfortable. So my wife has a couple of different pairs of their shoes that are not the ugly garden clog like I wear. And she mostly wears them around home, but they are really comfortable and they're not hideous.
0: So, I Googled Crocs just to see some images, and one of the ones that comes up is a pair of Crocs with the Swedish chef on them.
1: Oh, this guy. All right, so I just gave you guys a jump on next year's Christmas episode. <laughs> just some ideas. <laughs> chef. Yeah, All right. Work, work. And
3: uh, while that finishes Crocs for us, now you might see some Crocs in the kitchen at our winner, which has to be Chipotle, right? Ah. Yes. Chipotle is, is up 111% from its 52 week low. So Crocs technically wins in the percentage basis. But we were all wondering is Chipotle ever going to recover it took again?
0: So much longer than people thought. Well,
3: they were making people sick for a long time and they just kept doing it. <laughs> and then you realized well they weren't really so good on food safety so they had to fix that so then even after they stopped poisoning people it was expensive because it's it's a lot cheaper to just say hey we don't really need to do things the really clean way we'll just fudge it until people you know start getting sick and so chipotle up 111% just had a big increase the other day the stock went flying high just you know just after i sold most of the rest of my position. Right, so my of timing course, was of impeccable course, yes. And uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, comp sales look good. They were up 6%. Now, more than half of that was menu price increases. So mm. it's really only about a 2% traffic and ticket increase. But they are doing a lot of stuff at Chipotle that's really smart. So you got Nickel in there who came from Taco Bell, right? And so you've got them doing things like a digital t- a digital make line. And now there's going to be a digital pickup line. And they're testing a digital pickup line for people who order to like drive through and grab their stuff from their cars. Please, please let it be the pneumatic thing like they used to have at the bank. Oh, that's Very right. Amazing. Would you love to have your bag, your burrito just come floomp right to your car? Yes. You should shoot it right I, in the window. I
0: want everything delivered to me via pneumatic, too. Uh, exactly. um, that would be amazing. Either
1: that or those guns that shoot t shirts. Yeah. You could just come like out and that. be shooting burritos at you. Exactly. There's
3: no danger there at all. And so that's why the stock is still going up. Now, I sold because looks pricey to me. And remember, back in the day, Chipotle—the story we all had was, "Oh, well, they're not so much a burrito shop as they it's are be a pizza food platform. And Asian. They can do anything." And, and,
0: oh, neither of them it, it, did either of them. Well, nah, they didn't take go didn't go anywhere. Shophouse it turned, or, yeah, okay, shop I house
3: went nowhere. The Pizza, nowhere. The pizza oh. thing went nowhere. Everyone was trying to do the pizza thing. They're a burrito shop. They're yeah. a very financially healthy, large-scale burrito shop. A lot of cash on the balance sheet. They've been buying back shares. They have plenty of cash to keep opening restaurants. That's fine but I don't know at 90 times earnings. I've kept a significant holding but I I don't want this to be, you know, as it once used to be like 20% of my portfolio. Oh wow. Yeah. So
0: That's a lot of burritos.
3: Yeah. So that's our winner and good for them Yay, Chipotle, way to that. go. Yay. Stop keep keep on not poisoning people.
0: <laughs> All right, and Bro is back with the award for biggest financial event? Yes. best financial? Yes. Best event?
1: most significant. So, I mean basically the the past year saw several things happen that either a hadn't happened in many years or maybe even decades or it was the first time it ever happened. Um, so some of them though I think have more consequences than others. They affect more people. So which one was the biggest one in my opinion? Well, let's look at the nominees. Number 1 the stock market hits an all-time high. So on September 20th, the S&P 500 closed at 2,931, reaching a new peak. and It was just another landmark in what has become among the longest and not the longest bull market in history, depending on how you measure these things. That began in 2009 when the S&P 500 was below 700. So it's been quite a decade that we've had. Nominee for number 2 for biggest financial event? the stock market briefly enters bear market territory. (laughs) So that September peak didn't last very long. and The market began to go down sort of in fits and starts until it went down significantly on Christmas Eve, 2.7%. And that in itself was a rare event. Um, Up until 2018, at no time had the market dropped more than 1% on the last trading day before Christmas. So that was the worst Christmas Eve in history, or even just a trading day before Christmas. Um, And that drop briefly put us into bear market territory on an intraday basis, meaning that the market dropped 20%, although it quickly rebounded from there. Still, for the year, the S&P 500 was down about 5%. Most other types of stocks like small caps and international were down even more, making 2018 the worst year for the stock market since 2008. So, that was significant. And number 3 for the most significant financial event, the revamped tax code goes into effect. So that law was passed at the end of 2017, but it didn't take an effect till next year. Except for the lowest tax bracket, every tax bracket got its rates lowered. Hmm. Uh, many deductions went away, but the standard deduction deduction almost doubled. The estate tax exemption doubled, meaning that you know in any given year, like in 2016 and 17, only about 5,500 estates. Filed had to pay for estate taxes. Now that the exemption has been raised, they estimate that only about 1,700 estates will actually pay estate wow, taxes. Wow, that's crazy! And that exemption has been increased to about 11 million for single folks, 22 million for married folks. So very, very few people will be paying estate taxes. Um, but perhaps the most significant aspect of the new tax code was the lower corporate tax rate, from 35 to 21 percent. And then number four for the most significant financial event. Unemployment reaches the lowest level since 1969. Mm. So in October, the jobless rate reached 3.7%, a level not seen since I was five months old. In other words, December 1969. (laughs) Um, Looking back over the the past 70 years, it's very rare to have the unemployment rate below 4% without a war. So it it was consistently below 4% during World War II, during the Korean War, during the Vietnam War, when many people are out of the workforce because they either enlisted or were drafted. Now, since October, the unemployment rate has gone from 3.7% back to 4% as of January. So it remains to be seen whether the economy will, that was just sort of a blip, or we'll be able to get back to being really the first time out in peacetime to have a sustained unemployment rate below 4%. So those are the four nominees. And the winner of this year's biggest financial event is, in my opinion, the revamped tax code. Ah. I think it's. Uh, very significant because, first of all, the costs and benefits are and will continue to be hotly debated. So the supporters will say um, it's been good for the economy, it's led to higher profitability among companies, it contributed to that low unemployment rate, it's contributed to wage growth. Detractors will say, actually, it's it, the um, benefits were not evenly distributed, it uh, helped more wealthy people than other people who might need it more. And also detractors will say there are lots of other reasons that explain the good things going on in the economy. For example, wage growth is partially due to many states raising their minimum wage. So, but one thing that we can all agree on, at least at this point, is that one of the premises of the tax cuts was that they would pay for themselves, and that has not yet happened. The Treasury Department announced last week that the entire debt load for the United States exceeded $22 trillion for the first time ever. And that rate of debt has grown since the new tax law is taken into effect. When you look at all the already underfunded liabilities that we have, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, an increasing debt load is not a good thing. At some point, there has to be some sort of reckoning, and so that's why I think this whole tax code is obviously very significant for all of us. It's going to affect our politics as well as our pocketbooks.
2: Seems very simple in concept, right? I mean, if you're going to cut taxes, then you cut spending. I mean, it just balances out, right? I mean, much as you're talking about personal spending, you make sure you don't go over that 50 percent, or else you're going into debt. Right. You just control those purse strings. But for for whatever reason, those two don't seem to work hand in hand politically. I mean, there's always one battling against the other for such a simple concept. Right? It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. A little bit insulting. Right. I'm angry.
0: I'm a- no, no, that's not what this show is about. <laughs> oh, actually, this year's show is kind of about that. This year's show kind of has a theme of, of anger running through it, doesn't it?
2: How did that
0: happen? Oh, I'm going to blame the weather. Rick, I'm going to need you to go ahead and cue some somber music at this point. Because it's our in memoriam segment. Where we're going to take a moment to look back and remember the companies that surprisingly didn't die in 2018. (laughs) So, first off, we're going to talk about Sears. Yes, the parent company of Sears and Kmart filed for bankruptcy in October of 2018, but in an attempt to try to avoid bankruptcy, CEO Eddie Lampert's hedge fund has loaned hundreds of millions of dollars to Sears Holdings. (laughs) Wow! Do you think it's going to work, Jason?
2: (laughs) Financial chicanery, and you just can't create demand out of nothing. I don't understand why this thing just won't die?
0: <laughs> Let's see. Let's, well, how about this one? J.C. Penney in 2018, 1,000 employees were laid off and distribution center closed. Top line sales topped 0.3 percent in 2017, with net income of 116 million, with a total debt of around 4.2 billion. Wow. J.C. Penney is clinging to death. Another one that just won't go away, huh?
2: Just write-offs extraordinaire waiting to happen.
0: Yeah. All right. Next one Eastman Kodak. So when you Google Eastman Kodak, you know how Google tries to be helpful? Google's like, hey, people also ask. And literally, I just put in Eastman Kodak. Google's like, here are what people usually ask Is Eastman Kodak out of business? Is Kodak still in business? How did Eastman kill himself? Why did Eastman <laughs> name his company Kodak? Does Eastman Kodak still exist? Is Kodak film still made? So the answer is. Yes. I
2: thought you were going to say, like, it's asking, were you really looking for Kodiak Bear? Right? Like
0: anything else. So, yeah, since emerging from bankruptcy in 2013, Kodak's bumpy ride has continued. The stock plummeted 15% at the end of January after they announced Kodak coin. Yes. What? I remember that. Cryptocurrency was going to be delayed. So the stock took a hit. Apparently, they were going to. Have a cryptocurrency, but then and the stock did a little got a little bump off of that because yeah. If we oh, sift
2: back through the market foolery library of two thousand and eighteen, I know we covered that on at least one episode.
0: Yeah. So then they're like, actually, no, our cryptocurrency isn't going to launch when we thought it would, and so I don't. I don't know, man. Uh-huh. There aren't enough You're eye right. rolls for that one. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up. GoPro. Yes! Shares have taken a beating since the company's 2014 IPO. stock is nearly down 80% from its IPO price of $24, and it fell 20% in the last year alone. So, they're trying to turn around with budget-friendly priced cameras.
2: Sounds like mm. GoPro has gone amateur.
1: Oh, look at that one!
0: And finally, Fitbit. Right? They're still around! Who knew? <laughs> Over on Fool.com, Rick Minares writes that Fitbit's last three years of stock performance were, um, as such, 2016 down 75%, oh. 2017 down 22%, 2018 down 12%. So, year-to-date, So the stock is actually up. Uh, a lot is apparently riding on the success of their Versa smartwatch, which is coming out later. But, ugh, Fitbit. I feel like you really only need one for like a month, and then you're good, <laughs> right? Really, <laughs> how yes. many people bought a Fitbit and then they're like, "Okay, yeah, I got it."
2: The novelty good. wears off. Now I right.
0: know. Now I know how many steps I get. It. It's on the table next to the
2: Nordic track, th- right? Exactly. Right? Didn't they yeah. give those things out with Happy Meals at some point? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Just like little
0: little pedometers. I'm like fairly certain pedometers. that
2: Happy Meals there were there were fitness bands as the. The prizes, and, and I remember reading about that. It may have been Fitbit, or it could have just been a McDonald's, you know.
0: Yeah. Thing. So way to go to all of the companies who who really hung on in 2018. <laughs> we'll see if we're talking about you again next year. It's time for our special musical guest. It's Hannah Southwick performing the hit that is taking over kindergarten classrooms across the country. How much is a penny? Hannah, take it away.
2: How much is a penny, how much is a nickel, how much is a dime, how much is a quarter, a penny is one, a nickel is five, a dime is ten, and a quarter is twenty-five. got <laughs> <Really? Yeah. laughs> the old yeah. treatment and nailed it.
1: That was outstanding. That <laughs> is going to be the highlight of
2: our show.
0: All right, kiddo. Well, that's the show! Man! <laughs> we we did it! Again, we duct taped this episode together, and it turned out awesome thanks to our special guests, Jason Moser and Seth. Jason? Man, thank you guys.
2: Always thrilled to be here in the studio with you guys. And I can't wait to potentially join you for next year's 7th or 8th. That's Can you, true. Yeah, loopies. Please. please,
1: come
0: back again. And I will probably give you more of a heads up than 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes we barely get this done. Yeah. <laughs> but we did it this time. The show is edited award-winningly by Rick Engdahl. Our email is answers at fool.com for Robert Brokamp. I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody.